Greetings, everyone. Welcome to D Green with Amy. I'm Amy. After adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle, my hubby Rick and I lost over 130 pounds. Now I coach others on their plant-based journey. Just has voice. Let's welcome our guest. At age 72, Esther went from size 26 to size 6. Esther lost 155 pounds and her husband Ben lost 80 pounds. Please click like to help Be Green with Amy. Welcome, Esther and Loveridge. Greetings, Esther. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. I'm so glad Thank you're you. here. Yes, it's wonderful to see your smiling face. You have the biggest smile. I tell you, you just beam. That's wonderful. Well, you know, we have to always bring some light and happiness into the world, and you sure are very helpful in doing that. And today, we're going to be talking about food addiction. And that was a topic that actually we talked about a little bit when I asked you if you would come back. You said, I'd like to talk about food addiction. So I thought that was a great suggestion. It's a wonderful thing to talk about because... This is something that's real. I mean, people don't realize that it is something that's real. We think about alcoholism and we think about drugs, but we don't often think that this is something that also could be an addiction. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to start off with our true or false game. It's time for true or false on Be Green with Amy Live. Answer true or false to Amy's questions in the comments below, and Amy will ask our guest for the expert answer. Okay, guys, we have a true or false question for you. True or false, the reward center for highly palatable food is the same part of the brain that is stimulated by drugs. And that's what I was just talking about. So if you guys out there want to type in your answer, true or false, and what do you think, Esther? What do you think about that? Well, it's the same part in my brain. <laughs> Not that I've been hooked on drugs, but it's the same, yes. Yeah, it is. I mean, you've dealt with that. I have. I think I've dealt with it too. Maybe you don't necessarily have to be a food addict to experience that either. But no, I think it's just more when you're out of control and when it dominates your life and your thinking. Yeah, I think so. And you actually have a weight loss story that you did tell on our previous interview that we have. And if people want to hear the long version of it, they can. But that you did have to encounter food addiction when you decided to adopt a healthier lifestyle. So when we talk about weight loss, now there may be some people that have tuned in that are not familiar with the whole food plant-based lifestyle. And maybe they just tuned in because they saw about food addiction. And we know that there are foods out there that people like to eat that may not be good for them. And they could be eating them and saying, you know, this isn't good for me, but I deserve it. Or I'm just going to do this once, or I'm really hungry, or whatever excuse that they'll come up with. But you and I have both found this whole food plant-based lifestyle, which has been something that has helped us to lose weight, get healthier, and also deal with these food addictions. Yeah, I, I went to my computer last night, and I just wrote up some of my thoughts. I'm going to go ahead and read it, and I hope that I can uh, keep your attention as I do so because it kind of tells my story. There are all kinds of addictions. It might be spending, it could be sex, alcohol, and work, but the addiction I want to address is food addiction. Of course, we don't experience any negative effects or addictions to real food, such as fruits, vegetables, grains, and legumes or beans. But my biggest addictions were sugar-sweetened products and also fats, including animal fats. 
fat on meat, butter and mayonnaise, and of course, fried foods. Perhaps the biggest step I had to take was to realize that I had a problem and actually had an addiction to some of the so-called food products. Until I admitted that my relationship to some foods was unhealthy, I was not in a position to tackle the problem. My addiction started as a child when I lived next door to my drug dealer. Drug dealer? Well, it was the corner market, which also had a very large assortment of penny candy. As a very young child, I actually stole a piece of candy. But when my mother discovered my theft, she made me take a nickel from my piggy bank to pay the grocer five times my theft. Then there was a time I stole a dime from my mother's purse. And then in junior high school, I was a drug dealer. I'd feel penny candy in a cigar box and take it to school where I sold it for two cents each. Clever until someone broke into my locker and I lost my investment and had to pay a visit to the vice principal's office where I was advised to stop selling candy at school. In high school, I worked in the school soda fountain and I remember eating the top scoop of my ice cream cone and then adding what would be a third scoop to the top without paying for it. And lastly, I remember sneaking a homemade cookie from under the bed of my roommate. I mentioned these crimes to show the extent I would go to in order to get sweets. They were not jail worthy, but upon reflection, they do indicate how I broke the law of decency in order to satisfy my sweet tooth. So once I admitted that my addiction was real, I had to accept the fact that I was not that different from my brother who had an alcohol addiction. Mine did not cause a breakup in marriage or loss of a job, but it was definitely a contributor to an unhealthy body and mind. If I had some Ben and Jerry's ice cream, I certainly hoped that Ben would not want even a taste of it. If it was candy or chips, I would eat it all. I told myself that would be a way to get rid of the temptation. I remember my uncle telling me, Esther, do you know the greatest way to get rid of temptation? I said, no, what? And he said, yield. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, if you identify with any of my story, welcome to the club. It is not easy eating secretly and hiding the evidence. It is embarrassing to finish off desserts left by others. It is strange when I'd give directions to a place and it always included closeness to a candy store or an ice cream shop. Over the years, I joined Overeaters Anonymous, Weight Watchers, the Diet Center, Tops, and tried all sorts of diets. One thing I had going for me was once I got started, I could stick to a diet long enough to be somewhat successful. But just as soon as I started feeling safe and added back some of the very food that I had given up to lose weight, Yes, as you may have also experienced, the weight came back in a rush and usually took me to a new high on the scale again. You don't need to hear another sob story. 
you may seriously be wanting to help, have help with your own addiction. And if that is true, let's discuss ways to beat the game. First of all, you are not a weakling. We live in a challenging world where highly decadent food awaits us around every corner. This is a huge challenge. Dr. Lyle has taught me that I am not a person of low willpower. Willpower has nothing to do with it. We are normally drawn to the most calorie-dense food in our environment. It is how we as a people have survived over the ages. And Chef AJ has a saying, if it's in your house, it will be in your mouth. And I have found that to be true. One time I saved three pieces of candy from seas and hid the bag under the sink in my bathroom. It lasted for a whole year. I felt so cocky and proud of myself. I figured I'd beat out her prediction, kind of like, nanner, nanner, I've got candy in my house and it didn't disappear. But one day, something came up and I went for it, even though it was damp and not that good. You see, I had placed seized candy on a pedestal like gold and throwing it out was just not something I could have done earlier. Discarding toxic food is hard. We have loved it in the past, spent money on it, idolized it, and just throwing it out isn't easy. Perhaps what it comes down to is self-love. Are you worthy of the best? Do you deserve to nourish your body with life-giving nutrients? Are you using the drug of food to make up for what you lack in your life? Is it part of your reward system for doing good? There are so many social, psychological, and emotional reasons why we eat, but I have found the answer by following Dr. McDougall's book, The McDougall Program for Maximum Weight Loss. I didn't know it could be my answer until I made the decision to give it a test a good test so I could determine if it really worked. I did it and it worked and the rest is history. But what are some of the secrets to successfully beating food addiction? It is not through shame, but through the realization that I never demonstrated my ability to handle the trigger items in moderation. I had to start viewing them as poison Eating just a bite or two sent me into a spin of wanting more and more. One bite was never enough. I was driven to complete the task of finishing it off. For me, it comes down to abstinence. Just like the smoker, drinker, or drug user, I told my tongue, you have let me stray astray all of these years and you are not the boss of me anymore. Actually, my salvation has been also viewing vegan sweets as poison. They too remind me of the joy I've had when eating the real stuff and my deliverance from that addiction is too important to me now to want to play with the devil. Being addiction free has given me so much power and peace of mind. My mind is clear and functions so well. Do batch cooking. Keep lots of compliant food prepared for easy retrieval. Have a clean house. 
if you live with others, solicit their help and confess to them that you need help if you are going to win the battle. If they won't stop bringing it into the house, store it out of sight and hope for the best. The drive to go for it is so strong. When you feel anxious, feeling that you need something, drinking water might help. Sometimes we are dehydrated and don't even know it. Decide what hour you're going to close the kitchen and then go brush your teeth and stay out of the kitchen. If you are truly hungry, test it by eating a potato. <laughs> Maybe you are just tired. Maybe you need a hug. Maybe you need to walk. You just might have to white knuckle it. Drinking alcohol will not help. It lowers our inhibitions. Just ask the men who tried to date us. I gave up coffee too. It is a drug and we often associate eating something sweet with it in order to neutralize the acid. Remember, the food industry is clever. They do know the perfect combination of salt, sugar, and fat to make it addictive. Remember the old advertisement? Bet you can't eat just one. Even good old cheese is addictive. I ask you to finish the sentence. I can follow a plant-based diet, but I just cannot give up. You need to look at whatever you complete that sentence with very carefully. It also might help to go to a 12-step program or at least ask for help from your God. If you are a believer, ask for help. There is always a way to escape temptation if we are willing. It may be the hardest thing you have ever done, but the results are so liberating. Just make sure you get up one more time than the number of times you fell down. You will be a winner. It took me until I was 72 to find the answer for me. I hope you find and feel hopeful knowing that it is possible to change. Change your mind, change your life. You are special just the way you are and getting the monkey off your back will be a real blessing. Be free of food addiction and be sure to enjoy the rest of your life. Oh, thank you, Esther. Oh, that is so many words of wisdom, so many pearls. And I think adding on to a, a hack or a tip would be to replay what you just said so that anytime anybody just comes across that moment where they think that they can't have the strength to turn away from something that's tempting them, if they just played what you just said, that could really help them through. You could be talking them down. <laughs> oh, right. Well, that's what your podcast allows for, isn't it? A replay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Very, yes. very, very true. And those were just maybe so, so many. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, maybe I'll post it my journey too. It yeah. won't be me. Well, of course, I'll post this this podcast, which will be me reading it, but maybe the text would be helpful for people as well. 
Yeah, I think that's what we all need is a daily reminder of what we're doing and why we're doing it. We are strong. We're not weak because it's not us. It's not our fault. So it's not that we're weak and that's why the food can draw us into eating it when we know that we shouldn't. That's not why. We're strong. We just need to have the right tools. And once we have the right tools, we can defeat this. But for some people, it could be a a daily battle and it could go on for years or even for the rest of their lives. And maybe, maybe they adopt this lifestyle and maybe they do overcome their food addictions to the processed foods that have the sugar, oil, or salt. But even within this lifestyle, it's possible to find ways of eating this healthy food and eating too much. There are some people that can eat and maybe eat because what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to eat until you're comfortably full. But there are some people that will continue to eat even when they're uncomfortable. So it is possible for them to eat too much of this, even the good food, and maybe get into trouble. So it's a, it's very good that you have these tips for everybody. And I'd like to encourage everybody because Esther said that maybe you could fill in the blank. I can follow a plant-based diet but I just can't give up blank. And if anybody is watching or listening, why don't you type in what that is? Because I think that's a good first step is to make that public statement to say, this is what it is. This is what's giving me the trouble. And maybe it's more than one food group (laughs) that's possible too. And if you do that, then maybe that can be your first step in getting through this. What do you think, Esther? I've I've noticed that people that follow me on Facebook They'll, I often hear, you know, oh, I have a sugar addiction or I have an addiction to cheese or some people say, oh, I have, they won't call it an addiction because they've handled it in moderation, but maybe they have a glass of wine each night to unwind. And um, it might be, I think my, my biggest addictions were ice cream and candy. Um, you know, potato chips wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, nuts still um, are around. And when I do eat them, I measure them and only eat an ounce of them. And, and another thing, it helps to be accountable to someone. So if you can have a buddy or someone you can talk to and say, you know, I think that's another way of dealing with it. Because when we're alone and we're isolated, it's just so much easier to go for those comfort foods. And even if we go through our house with a fine tooth uh, sieve, I was going to say calm, but a sip, and we remove uh, toxic foods from our um, our cupboards and our refrigerator and our freezers. Still, we live in a real world, and once in a while, we might go to a restaurant, or we might go to a meeting, or we might go even to a church potluck, or we might go to uh, the grocery store, and those addictions still call out to us. So I know for myself, when I go past the uh, meat department. You know, I usually just say, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you had to die. And then I go past the bakery items and I'll, I'll just kind of cross my heart and hope to die, no, but I'll just say poison, poison. I call it what it is because I don't do it in moderation. And then I think the last thing that has kind of hung on with me is when I stand in a grocery store, fortunately, Ben does the, most of the grocery shopping and I am so thankful so I don't even get tempted there. But you know, when you're waiting in line, they have all that candy there. 
sometimes I do kind of look it over and think, I wonder if they're carrying a payday. Not that I would buy one, but I just look at it for memory's sake. And then I just say, don't idolize it. Don't even give it any power in your brain. Just let it go. It's, it's not worth it. And on this side of the river, I tell you, it feels so good to be well. It feels so good to have all my medications gone. It feels so wonderful to have my chronic condition page clean at Kaiser. It feels so good to have joy in my heart, to have a purpose, to have energy. And, you know, it's, it's so worth um, giving up what I thought I couldn't live without. Yes, and you can see these pictures. Oh, my goodness. It's just... It, it's, and it's not just a weight. I mean, the weight, I was a happy person. You know, we used to travel all over the world and have a good time. But there's just another joy that comes about when you have control of your tongue, both in what you speak and both in what you put on your tongue. And to be in control of that is such a powerful feeling. Absolutely. You and your husband, Ben, made a wonderful transformation. And you lost a lot of weight together, but you also found your good health, which is so important. And and peace of mind. You know, yes. The peace of mind that you get because you're not battling that addiction all the time. And your brain clears up and it's not foggy and you can think clearly and, and own your power. You know? Own your power. Yeah, that's a very oh. good one too. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you're just so inspirational for everyone. And people sometimes say, oh, well, that may be different for you. I can't be that way. I'm different. And for some people, they may have had things in their past that have not been pleasant. Maybe, you know, when they were children, maybe they didn't have good family support or maybe they had some trauma happen to them. So there are a lot of people that have a lot of things happening to them that maybe weaken their resolve. I don't know this scientifically, but I think for any of us who have been abused as a child, whether it's emotional abuse or having expectations for what we thought we could do be, be too high and never feel like we could achieve that we, you know, I know sometimes in my life, I felt like no matter what I did, the carrot was raised a little higher. You know, I never seemed to arrive at a place where I felt my worth. And so that was part of my struggle. But I think for a lot of us, we're just looking for that approval, looking for comfort, looking for love. We often can find that in food. I know alcoholics say the bottle is their friend, you know, and for many of us food addicts, uh, we can't give up food altogether. We have to eat. So then we have to be discriminators in what's healthy and what's not. And if there's 60,000 items in the grocery store, that doesn't mean 60,000 items are food. You know, much of it is poison, but we don't know it's poison until we learn. And when you realize all processed food has stuff in it, you know, preservatives or whatever we don't need. But my position is that, you know, like when it comes to eating healthy, you know, some people still eat bread, some people still eat olives and nuts and seeds and avocados, which are healthy and tofu. And then, of course, all your vegan food you know, is perceived to be more healthy. But uh, I don't even worry. I didn't even want to worry about uh, whether something was organic or not until I got my food addiction under control. Because as long as I still had the addiction, I had nothing. You know, it didn't matter how much water I drank each day. It didn't matter what time I went to bed. It didn't matter how much I slept. It didn't matter how much exercise I got. For me, getting, the, getting a hold of that food addiction was the number one goal. And then after that, you know, you can purify your lifestyle even more. 
And as you learn more about how to be a fuller person, you can go for that. But conquering that food addiction was my first step. I'm, I'm glad that you said that because sometimes people just get lost in the minutiae when they find out yeah. about this lifestyle and they worry so much that they're not doing it exactly right. And every, I think every step that you take away from the standard American diet and towards eating this whole food plant-based, it's going to be a, a positive step in the right direction. And you shouldn't worry so much about all those details, at least at the beginning anyway. And like you said, you can kind of tweak things. Yeah, that's very good. Very important. Uh, I might add, you know, like Ben, he's not a food addict. He, I mean, in his past, when he would have some chips with something, he never went back to finish the bag. He never had this compulsion, like I have to eat it all. And so he's able to enjoy uh, bread and pasta, and he enjoys uh, tortillas, corn tortillas, uh, and some of the more processed foods, and he's maintained his weight, and he's doing fine. So we're all different. But if you have this addiction where you just can't seem to stop, then it's really, it's really smart to admit it and not be ashamed of it. It's just how our minds and body work. Other people have challenges in other ways. But if, you know, for me, I think, you know, like I say, my brother was an alcoholic by the time he was 21. But I'm thankful to say he did go to a clinic and he did find sobriety. And so I'm very thankful for that. He remained addicted to cigarettes and coffee. Uh, he just had that kind of a personality and he died early. You know, some of us are addicted to, to chicken and beef and turkey. And we think we can't have a meal without that kind of animal protein. But we were not created to eat animals. I mean, there have we have some people have done it and have survived. They've had really good genes and it didn't catch up with them. But it's just dead flesh. And, you know, to take that into our bodies with all the hormones, I mean, I've heard that like uh, 60 or 70 or maybe up to 80% of our uh, antibiotics goes into animal farming. And then we take all that into our bodies and expect to be healthy. Why don't we go for live food that came off of the tree or out of the, out of the ground? And, and then uh, this morning I was, I, as I took my shower, I looked down at my breast and I thought, you know, they served their function and I enjoyed nursing my second child and longer than some people would have. And I remember a relative saying to me, Esther, how long are you going to nurse that child? And I came back with a quick response and I said, well, it depends on how long lunch hour is at school. <laughs> <laughs> it was just my way of shutting her up. And you know, the, the thing that's so great, because I also did have the opportunity to nurse my kids, which was a wonderful thing. I recommend it highly if you're able to. Our society is just so warped because what do they do when they wean the child from the breast is they give it cow's milk for the rest of its life. And they put such a high importance on that on drinking the milk from another mammal. So what's the difference? <laughs> I know. I know. I, I was just going to say that it doesn't make any sense. Once our child goes through their development, like my son, you know, he, he nursed at the first five months. That was all he got. And then as I started introducing solids, he nursed less and less. And as he nursed less, I had less milk. And so it kind of went down and he was walking, 
be and sometimes okay so here so first they need it for nourishment but then there are other benefits too it gives you undivided attention with your child and then eventually when they need less they start drinking water and having other things they don't need it so much but there's still the comfort level if it's mutually beneficial and if you're able to do it and finally it was so nice because he weaned himself Mm -hmm. You know, it's so such a natural progression. So once he weaned himself, why would he need to go to a cow? Yeah. And why would any of us? And then I've been talking to people lately, and especially I love, I have some new friends in the black community. And, you know, over half those people are lactose intolerant. Yes. And it's not, it's not told that. And so, like you said, Amy, going to another mammal for their secretion, if we did anything, we probably should try to find a monkey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> higher protein. <laughs> well, you know, so, the, the processed foods are just such a strong addiction for people to give up, even vegan processed foods, because it doesn't, just because it's vegan, guys, it doesn't mean it's healthy because there's a lot of those food manufacturers out there that are trying to get on board with this new phase of people wanting to have vegan food and they're producing it, but it's not necessarily that it's whole food, plant-based or healthy. And I have another true or false. There's more sodium in one slice of bread than there is in one potato chip. So true or false, guys, what do you think? And we'll talk a little bit about that too, as far as food addiction goes with these processed foods, even if they're vegan, because, hey, you know what? Most breads and potato chips are vegan. Yes. Yeah. And Oreo cookies. Yeah. We're going to do that one too. How about that? So Oreo cookies, true or false? There is more sugar in a half cup of commercial tomato sauce than in two Oreo cookies. So why don't you guys answer that one as well? These are things that are just so surprising. What do you think, Esther? Well, I, I wouldn't, I don't know, because I, I don't use very much tomato sauce, but I, and when we do, we're very careful and we check the sodium and sugar content. So I'm not aware. It could very well be that there's more sugar in that than there is in an Oreo cookie. Yeah, there is. And, and this is what the processed food industry is doing is adding these sugar and the oil and the salt and that just yeah. clicks on our primitive brain do you think that there's degrees of food addiction Esther? i oh, mean you kind of oh, talked a little yeah. bit about that with you and ben sure. yeah i i think so i think so i think it depends a lot on our psychological and the emotional needs and how much we're driven to uh look for answers for our life's uh, challenges but i was thinking in terms of escalation you know i remember the day when i used to really enjoy a crafts carball. They'd come individually wrapped and you'd have, it'd take time to take that wrapping off and then, you know, uh, to get to the candy, you know, and then as things progressed, you know, with, it's like with drugs, it takes more and more and more to satisfy. And so from the caramels, then, you know, they started adding nuts to it. Okay, and that escalated the uh, drawing power. And then that wasn't enough. So then they started adding chocolate covering to nut-filled caramels. And then I've noticed even after that at Costco now, there's the caramels that have the chocolate on them, they have the nuts inside, and now they're adding salt to the top. <laughs> so where does this, you know, where does this stop? Where does it end? But you know what? When you eat potatoes, you're never going to eat more than you need. And if you do it the next day, it's going to, it's going to even out. You know, so when we can stick to, you know, fruits and vegetables and grains and beans and legumes, 
we won't have a problem. And I often say, it doesn't matter why I eat, how much I eat, or when I eat. What matters is what I eat. Now, it's true, you know, I think a person could just stuff themselves and overeat past the point of satiety. But, you know, you'd have to eat. I figured it out the other day. You'd have to eat. You could eat five pounds of food a day and not gain weight as long as you stick to those four food groups. Five pounds, that would be quite a bit of food. And, you know, because even five pounds of beans or potatoes is going to only be 3,000 calories, but you're not yeah. going to eat only yeah. that. So through the extent that you add some greens or you add some vegetables or you add some, uh, there you go, that's wonderful. Yes, and you can live on that. And when you go past that line where it says avoid or limit, that is just perfect because some of those foods are healthy and good and you can tolerate them. But Dr. McDougall suggests not until you get to your goal weight. Because to the extent that you go over that line, those foods are more palatable, they're richer and they're wonderful and many of them are healthy like your avocados, your seeds, nuts and olives and even tofu. But they are high in calories and calories do count. But now that I've been on this journey as long as I have, you know, five and a half years, now I realize that um, it's still better to stay to the left of that green line. So in my journey, if I eat anything where I, and I do post everything I eat in my journey, uh, I put an asterisk to the extent, like if I have any avocado, I'll put an asterisk after it. Or if I don't eat ice cream and I don't eat bagels and I don't eat bread. And once in a while I have a wrap outside you know in a restaurant i don't eat cheese and i don't eat dry cereal i don't eat sugar i don't eat crackers i don't eat popcorn i don't eat chocolate sometimes i'll have seeds and nuts and i put an asterisk by that i don't eat any of the butters or tahini and i don't eat uh oil or popped popcorn so i'm i'm very restrictive but you know what it's okay it's my happy place it's my it's what's given me freedom and that is priceless so there is no food no food that can that can draw me back because I just keep thinking about how happy I am. It's just not worth it. And to go from a 26 to a size six feels pretty good. And that picture with that suit that was taken, I think, two years ago, and I wore this wore that this last Sunday, and it still fit. So there you go. It's a forever <laughs> thing. I mean, and it it's it, it does take a commitment. It does take a decision and. Sometimes I tell people when they say, well, I think I'll try it. I like to say, you know, when Ben and I got married and the preacher said, do you promise to keep yourself? Do you promise this? Do you promise this? We didn't say, well, I'll try. We said, I do. And food is different because it's around us everywhere. And I'm not saying that we will be 100%. But we can sure try for an A minus. Yes. You have to kind of forgive yourself. It is something that you can, that your next day or your next meal can be a do over and you can That's just right. move your on. Next bite. Yeah, next yeah, bite. Very next right. bite. In fact, there have been times when I've tasted mm -hmm. something that was too sweet and then I just go right to a potato and eat a bite of potato and it kind of cleanses my palate again and gets me back on track. Exactly. That's what you have to look at it. Exactly. In life, in many ways, not just the eating, there are times when we make mistakes. 
That's you know, right. We just had mistakes. And if we just stopped trying things, then we would never get anywhere. I agree with you. You have to remind yourself that it's just a journey. And each time you take another bite, you can have another chance. It's always another opportunity for a reset. Yeah. And it helps to keep your mind full of good podcasts. Listen to these doctors that are on YouTube. Just saturate your mind with them because the more you learn, the more you think about it, and the more you think about it, the more you produce it. In fact, this morning I was listening to Dr. Essie. I hadn't heard of him before, and he's uh, a medical doctor that's all about you know osteoporosis and our bones and the importance of exercise too. But he said, you know, when we go to the gas station and we fill our car with the best fuel for our car, we don't say, I think I'll cheat and put some diesel in because it's cheaper. <laughs> you know, right. so when we cheat... When we cheat or when we're not being compliant, we're only affecting ourselves. And I, the secret is definitely love yourself. You know, you're so special. I mean, there's no one else in the world just like you. You know, you have talent, you have gifts, you have areas of expertise, and you might be a newbie in this way of life. And it does take practice, just like learning an instrument. It takes practice, practice, practice. So forgive yourself over and over and again, 70 times seven, as many times as it takes and uh, pick up your fork and stab something uh, healthy with it, you know, because we can heal our bodies. It's up to us. Yes. Medicine doesn't heal. Medicine mm -hmm. just masks symptoms, you know, and we're the boss of our own bodies and we're the ones that put something on our fork and we're the ones that say, oh, well, that wasn't so good, but now I know better. And, and check out your body. It can talk to you. And how do you feel when you are not compliant? You know, how do you feel when you are? It's a choice. So some people say, oh, people like Esther and Amy, they just had motivation, you know, and that's how come they can do this because they just have some kind of motivation. What do you think about motivation, Esther? Well, I've asked myself that a lot because when I read Dr. McDougall's book, I didn't have motivation. I had fear. See, I, my knees were so bad that I was afraid that it was going to stop us from traveling. So fear of not traveling was what motivated me, not love of myself or love of my body or love of what I was eating. I was afraid. And so if you're facing a difficult decision in your life or a different a difficult uh, diagnosis, be thankful. Look at that diagnosis and realize that you can turn it, you can turn most everything around. Most of our diseases all stem from one problem and that's toxicity in our bodies, toxic food. And we are the creators of our body. We are the ones that decide. So if, you know, I, like I say, I was afraid that that was going to prevent us from traveling. I didn't want to hold Ben back either. And the doctor said, well, you know, I could have knee injections or I could continue taking pain medication because we had another trip to China planned in the fall. And or I or he could refer me to uh, orthopedics for a knee replacement because I was almost bone on bone. And I didn't like any of those, you know. And then he dropped another bomb on me and said, well, you have to lose 70 pounds before I can even refer you. And I, I was only 257 then. I had been 282. And if I lost 70 pounds, I'd be, low, be below 200. And I thought 200 was 
actually a reasonable goal because I had gotten down to 220 at times, but I just couldn't. And then to say 70 pounds, I didn't think that was fair at all. Yeah. That was just asking too much. Right. But anyway, I, I was given that book at just the right timing. And timing is important. You know, if you're not willing to go this route, don't worry about it. If you're not willing, I mean, don't put something on your on your plate, so to speak, if you're not at that place. But if you get to that place where you're willing to own what your habits have done to you and you want to make a change, it all comes down to what are you willing and what do you want? Do you want to do you want to live with the pain? Do you want other people serving you because you can't get up and go get food yourself? Do you want to use canes and crutches? Do you want to have a belt extender when you fly on an airplane? Do you want to have um, the inability to move easily, to get up and down off the floor? I mean, these are all things that are real and they're reversible. Maybe you have diabetes, it's reversible. If you have heart disease, it's reversible. If you, I mean, all these diseases are reversible if they're foodborne and most of them are. And that leads me to want to tell you about this other book, Amy. Is this a good time? Oh yeah, I'm really excited because well, first of all, I want to let everybody know that that you do have you have a book also that we're going to talk about too. I want to tell everybody oh. about that. But go ahead and tell us about the one that you're excited about now. Okay, let me show it here. This book is called Disease Reversal Hope. Real people, real stories, and the authors are Dan Purgis and Scott Stoll, medical doctor. And Dr. Stoll is just a wonderful doctor too. And, and Dan Purgis has done so much to put this book together. They found my story by going through some of Dr. McDougall's, um, Star McDougaller stories, and they contacted me and asked me if, um, if I would contribute our story, both Ben and I, to the book. So that story is in there. But there are so many other stories. There's over 30 stories and the thing that's so exciting for me is as I read through this book, one story at a time, we, Ben and I had our nighttime reading, and we just take each story one day at a time and really get in touch with that person's pain and deliverance and how they had healed their bodies. And there are so many different diseases. In fact, they listed all of ours, and I think between Ben and I, we had uh, 21 diseases listed between us that are you know, in that book. And so, but the thing that really stood out to me is some of the stories are told by medical doctors who did not know. And in their stories, several of them say, why did we not learn this? Why were we not told this? And without exception, every story that's told in this book is told by people who now want to go out and speak or create a website or write a book or do something to spread the word. So when you, and, and I talked with you, Amy, a little bit earlier, why you do what you do, is because when you have found the answer, it's selfish to keep it to yourself when the world is crying. The world, I mean, what is the obesity epidemic? And then, I mean, we can just free think and go into anything, but then you, when you think about COVID and people who are dying have died from that, it's. The thing that makes me sad is that our government and our industrial people are not talking about boosting our own immune system. We can wear the mask. We can get the 
vaccine. We can get the boosters. We can do social distancing. But the thing we really have power over is boosting our own immune system. And even if COVID wasn't around, there are other autoimmune diseases that many people suffer from. And you can boost your system by eating this way. So it's, it's, just, it's just such a no-brainer. So I appreciate you giving me time to talk about this book because sometimes we need to read success stories. Success stories. Did I say sucks? <laughs> anyway, these stories. because you can make mistakes and then move on. <laughs> That's right. Right? And, and, but the thing, the thing I wanted to share with you when you brought up the idea of motivation is people come to me and join to join my journey and they're looking for inspiration. They're looking for motivation. They're looking for encouragement. But you know what? The best motivator is success. And so other people can tell their stories and you can discount and say, oh, well, like you said, you're different. You're unusual. It's your personality that allows you to do this. But you know what? When you taste success, you want more, right? And more. And success is getting rid of the addiction. So when you, you know, if you can go on a plant-based diet for 21 days, you know, and just say, okay, I don't know if I will do this forever, but for 21 days, do it and be your own best cheerleader, be your own best motivator, because nobody else can give you motivation. They might inspire you, they might encourage you and all of that, but it has to come from experience. It, experience it yourself. Can you really rely on motivation even if you have it? Because it, it kind of runs out of steam. You can start yeah. in the morning and say, this is the day. I'm so motivated. I'm going to do it. And then by three o'clock, you're like, oh, I'm having such a, and you come up with whatever the excuses are. And then it's gone. The strategies that you're talking about, about having that your home being your safe place. I mean, your home has to be yeah. your safe place, right? You can't have this stuff in, in your house because it's just going to call your name. I think yeah. they say that while you're trying to live your life, your addictions are in the corner doing push-ups. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> so they just, That's a good one. Yeah, right. So you're not, they're, they're not going away. They might quiet down, but they're always always there so you just have to be smarter than them it's not whether or not you're strong or weak i think you just have to be smarter and have the yeah. right tools that's right that's right and find find um dopamine hits in other parts of your life you know find a way to serve someone else find a way to give find a way to donate find a way to share your story uh find a way to help someone else uh, there's nothing like, but like helping or being a service and being kind, you know, and be kind and don't forget to be kind to yourself. In fact, I, I told you earlier, I wore my be kind shirt today because, uh, sometimes we're kind to our grandchildren when we're not kind to ourselves, Yeah. you know, and we would never cause them any harm. Well, just pretend you have a little grandchild inside your body. And you want that child to grow and be strong. And you want that child to be nourished and to be loved. Do it to yourself. Give yourself hugs. Oh, you know? I love that. I love that. Think about journaling, too, as another tool that if you wrote down what you ate today, how you felt, what kind of mood you were in, 
And I think that that could be helpful to people too. And it wouldn't have to be anything fancy. You just have a little notebook or something and, and write those things down. Journals also help because as we make some progress, sometimes we forget where we came from. And even, and we may think, oh, I didn't lose X amount of pounds like I wanted to. These things in my life didn't improve to this point that I wanted them to. But if you read your journal from the beginning, you would see, wow, things have gotten a little better than it was before. Yeah. I am in going in the right direction. Yeah, I think it's important too to take a picture of yourself at, at the beginning because, um, you know, I didn't look at these pictures for a long time and, and that was just, uh, that picture there was in Ireland. That was my last trip. So that was very, very close. That was in the end of May and I started in July. So that's really exactly how I looked just before I started. But, you know, I looked at those pictures, I think, oh my goodness, Esther, you know? But, you know, that's just part of who I am. That's just part of my transitions. We're all butterflies in the making. And um, it's okay. You know, love all of your incarnations and uh, know that you can you can uh, move past that. And uh, but, but nourish all of yourself. You know, that was just a manifestation of what you created by what you chose to eat. You know, it's not who you are. It's just the evidence of what you ate. So I have a question for you. Jen said, I go to a friend's house and they offer non-compliant food. What can I say? I think so many people are kind of like people pleasers. Maybe you can give them some good things to say, like what you said when you were nursing your child. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, my excuse is, uh, in fact, I do visit this uh, gentleman. He's 90 years old, and he's legally blind, and he's um, moving in this direction. He's doing very well, as a matter of fact. But when I come to his house, he says, oh, here, I made this. I want you to try it. And I said, Jack, what you don't understand is I take a picture of everything I eat. And I said, if I eat that, then I'm going to have to post a picture of it on Facebook. <laughs> and then people are going to say, oh, that looks so good. What is it? And then I'm going to have to explain what it is. So please understand, it just causes me too much work. Thank you, anyway. Oh, but, but that's not great. everyone. Does. But it really does help. It really yeah. Does. And you can also say, you know what? That's so kind of you to offer me something, but I'm really quite satisfied right now. And I think I'll just wait till my next meal. Or you can say, I mean, you just don't want to put somebody down. And yeah. neither do you want to make them feeling good more important than your commitment to yourself. So there's always that juggling, you know. But uh, just say, you know, well, you can, you can say, my doctor said that for the next 21 days, I cannot eat that. So thank you. And your doctor can be Dr. Lyle, it can be Dr. McDougall, it can be Dr. Furman, it can be anybody you want. But exactly. you can, it's not lying. You can, that's the doctor you follow, right? Right. And say, right. sorry, that's not on my eating plan, but thank you anyway. Just be kind and say, I hope you understand. And if they don't understand, that's theirs to deal with. Right, exactly. I know. In my early days, I went out for dinner, I remember, with a relative, and, and I ordered... Um, they said, well, you can have zucchini, can't you? And I said, yes. So they, we ordered some zucchini. And then I forget what else we ordered. And when it came, the zucchini had been battered and deep fried. And so I chose not to eat it. And she said, well, you can have one bite, can't you? You know, and I said, I could, but I choose not to. Yeah, it's, it's as easy as that. 
And if you yes. say it with kindness, then I think that that's a good strategy. Yeah. So Jennifer said, I'm always on the go and I don't have much time to food prep. What fast, sweet and or crunchy snacks would you recommend? I think a lot of people love that crunchy sweetness and you can be on a plant-based diet and have crunch and sweetness. Is there anything that you would recommend? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go for sweet. Okay. Because I'm a sweet addict. Uh, On the go, I take um, potatoes with me, sweet potatoes or regular potatoes. And in fact, this was kind of fun. We went to Texas in October and I brought a raw, big sweet potato with me on the plane. And it was so much fun because it took so long to eat that sweet potato since it was raw and very hard that I was able to keep my mask off for a long time. <laughs> so that was my little trick. And I just kept eating on that sweet potato. And, you know, celery is a nice snack, but mostly people are saying that they want something that they don't have time. They're not really committed yet because you will find time for what's important in your life. So know that you're moving, you're in that direction, and that's a good thing. But you can always take, what else do I take? Most I take potatoes with me because I can keep them in my purse. If I'm going to a restaurant, I sometimes will eat potatoes before I go in so I'm not hungry. Um, Sometimes I don't eat much in the restaurant and I eat a potato when I get out of the restaurant. You could, some people do, take a potato in. I sometimes do take my own salad dressing when I go into a restaurant. But part of the addiction is salt and sugar. And, and uh, people say, I need something crunchy. We don't need something crunchy to survive. But if you want something crunchy, you know, chew, uh, chew on some uh, carrots or chew on some celery or chew on some jicama or chew on some radishes. They're all crunchy. Yeah. So crunchy is not probably what we really want. It's, you know, we want the other parts of it. Yeah. At I least that's my that's my story. What I like to do is I love the apples and they sure. have those apple slicers that when you put it on top of the apple and you push down, it just kind of gets the, takes the core out and makes the slices. And then after I slice it that way, I reassemble it with the core and I take a rubber band and I put it around the apple. Now the apple looks almost like it was never sliced. And I can put that in a plastic bag or a silicone bag. And it keeps it from turning brown. Uh You know, it might have Uh like a little bit around some of the edges or something. But for the most part, it doesn't turn brown because it's not touching oxygen. and It's not getting oxidized. And that's crunchy and it's sweet. Yes, that's good. (laughs) And grapes. Grapes are sweet. Yes, they are. And and cherry tomatoes. Apple 369 said, apples are sweet and crunch. (laughs) Yum. That's a great, great one. I I guess I just don't think of that because I'm so concentrated on getting my starch so that I get satiety and I get satisfaction. So fruit, I limit to uh, no more than two a day. And uh, so I just wasn't thinking about apples, but thank you. That is great. Yeah, crunchy and sweet. Right. If you're worrying about fruit and worrying about fruit makes you go and eat things that you shouldn't be eating, then better for you to have an apple, even if it's more fruit than you thought that you were supposed to have, it's still better than than the alternative. So sometimes it's good, better, best, right? Oh, that's right. Yes. What's the best choice you can make given the the opportunity? Yeah, that's right. But uh, yeah, that's great. (laughs) And I only say I limit fruit to two a day, and that's for the maximum weight loss, mm-hmm. but not for not for a plant-based diet. 
you can eat right. more. Right. But it's good to eat them whole, you know. Oh, Janelle says sugar snap peas are one of my favorite crunchy snacks. I often forget about them. You know, yes, I'll eat them for a while and then I stop buying them. And then I'm glad you reminded me because it's been a while since I've had them. And they are because you can just eat the whole thing. You don't have to yeah. take the peas out. You just can eat the whole thing. And I also like raw string beans. Yes, and me too. They're really crunchy. And, you know, you can yeah. just eat a whole batch of them and not feel bad about it at all. <laughs> and, and this, this sounds kind of funny, but I've even put a raw garbanzo bean in my mouth when I've had mouth hunger and mm -hmm. I just let it roll around roll around roll. it keeps me busy for a long time yeah you know but it's kind of like the old days when I used to like jawbreakers uh -huh. you know, it's just kind of, just kind of a mouth thing to do yeah so that's you're, you're right because sometimes you don't necessarily want a snack you just want to occupy your mouth right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's true. That's a very clever thing to do. I have a water pick because I think it's really good for dental hygiene, but sometimes I'll use it in the middle of the day. I'll just use the water pick and, and it just kind of occupies my mouth and it gives me a, a clean feeling again. Some of this food addiction is about distracting yourself. Mm -hmm. I think so because it hits you for the moment, but it's not going to be there for hours and hours. If you are just about to do take, eat something naughty and the phone rang or the doorbell rang or something, you would go and do that thing and you wouldn't be thinking, oh, I have to go back to my food. It, you, your mind yeah. would shift into something else. So I think a lot of this, if we can just distract ourselves, that would it's, be great. It's like, it's like our children playing with toys. You know, sometimes they might be fighting over a toy and you remove that toy and they can play with something else or you distract whatever they're doing by giving them a toy to play with. You know, so that's a great idea, Amy, distraction. Yeah. And even if we like set the timer and said, okay, I'm having an urge. I, I really want a handful of nuts right now. What if I made myself uh, set the timer for 10 minutes and take some time to really think about it? Do I really still want it? Do I still want it? You know, and maybe that time will give us um, the distraction we need to really decide. And if you really decide, then deal with the consequences. Yeah. It is a choice. It is. Yes, you're right. It is a choice. I also want to talk about the book that you wrote, which is a wonderful book called From Donuts to Potatoes. And it talks about your life's journey. I really love it because just like today, when you were giving us this inspirational messages, it's full of those, isn't it? Oh, yes. I, I, I like it too. And it's, it's a good reminder, like you talked about journaling. And this is what I journaled in 2019. These were posts that I put on my Facebook page. Uh, not my Facebook page, but in my Esther's Nutritional Journey. And, and then people started saying, well, you know, Esther, you ought to write a book. And I said, well, why would I write a book when I give you these pages every day? And it's free, you know, and you don't have to buy a book. And so then the more I heard that, I thought, well, you know what? I think what I have written every day is of value. And it was hard for me to get to that point where without sounding egotistical, but I, I do feel like these are special words that have come to me and I expound daily and still do it's from 2019, 2020, 21, and now 22. So it's become a part of my life every day. And um, so anyway, I thought, well, it would be a shame to have all these words. I could finally get to the place where I could say wonderful words. 
disappear, you know, and and be lost in the ethers of the internet. So I put them all together in my book, and this is what a hard copy looks like. I chose Ben's. I gave him the first hard copy uh, because the one I use every day is it looks like a well well read book. Let me tell you. But Ben um, and I met in his donut shop, so that's the history behind the book. And I would go there every day for my morning fix. I'd get my buttermilk bar and a cup of coffee on my way to work and um, see him every day too. But it took a while. He finally had, when he decided he wanted to get to know me, he had to slip a little note in my donut bag. And uh, the rest of the story is in the book if you want to read it. But uh, it's kind of interesting. I just opened this book because I don't look at this one very often. And it was March 25th, just this month uh, in 2020 when the book came out. And I said, to Ben, my husband, friend, and world traveler, thank you for joining me on this journey. We are a team. All my love, Esther. And that was the first of the books that came out. But I, I just, I love it because uh, when I read it each day on my video on in my journey, uh, it brings back memories of where my mind was in 2019 when I did the writing. And you know what's interesting is I haven't changed my mind much since then. I'm still that person that was there three years ago. Because by 2019, when I wrote these uh, words, I had been um, almost three years into, um, into whole food plant-based. So my mind was clear. And um, so I don't know if you want me to read the one for today or not. Yeah, let's I, see. Let's see what the universe says you're supposed to be reading okay. today. <laughs> and this well, is a today, wonderful book guys if you want motivation for or inspiration i should say then th this yeah. is th you can just open up the book to today's date and read that yeah. or if you just want to just flip through the pages and look through it and you'll hear something like this so what's today's entry uh, today's day is gather and it talked about the importance of gathering but you know what i flipped back to yesterday's post and i think this is more congruent with what we're talking about today because my word on March 8th in 2019 was dopamine. Mm, that's a good one. Okay. So here's, here's what it says. What tickles your fancy? What activities do you engage in that bring you pleasure? What affects your brain and makes you feel good? Some say it is high calorie food. Some say sex. Some say when I give to others. Some find pleasure in hobbies, addictions, and drugs. Some even get it from a religious experience. So the question remains, if we crave certain foods and are not satisfied until we get them, but also realize that they are not healthy for us, what do we do to get that pleasurable state without indulging? Most answers are not very enticing at first, but once we understand that it is normal to seek pleasure, it is possible to explore other areas in our lives and come up with other ways to have that same sense of pleasure. For me, communicating with others about how to be their best is a real boost for me. Sometimes it is listening to good music Sometimes it is cleaning out a cupboard. Sometimes it is just by checking things off my to-do list. 
Sometimes it comes to me when I count my blessings and give thanks for a body that has found a better way. Oh, that's beautiful. And I, I'm seeing some comments from people that are watching now. And you guys can always put in comments if you're not watching live. I mean, Angela said, Esther Loveridge always gets me to thinking deeply whenever she speaks, reads, or writes. She's a gem in the Whole Foods plant-based exclusive community. So there you go. Some kind words for Thank you. Thank you, Angela. Right. Angela's and she, a sweetheart. And, and she, she needs she's to gonna be on book. the show. She's well, she's gonna be on the show coming up soon. So oh, you guys will have to stay tuned. She's gonna do some great oh, things for us. But yes, see now, yes. right now we had Angela wrote that. And I'm sure when she as she was writing it, she was getting good feelings inside of herself because mm -hmm. she was thinking about you and she was thinking about how by writing it, that maybe you would see it or maybe other people would see it and think more about you. I read it and I got a good feeling. And then when I put it up to read to you, I got an even better feeling. And then you got yeah. a good feeling. And I'm sure that yeah. when Angela saw all that happening, she got an even better feeling. So these yeah. are the things that you're talking about, Esther, these little things in life that you can do, saying a kind yeah. word to someone, it can just uplift you. And if you just try to do those things more often in your life that can really be helpful. Yes. We need to encourage each other. We need to boost each other up. We need to, you know, as we reach our hand up and each reach our hand down to help the next person. Cause we're all one. We're all, we're all one body. We're just all little, little snowflakes all coming together, you know, and um, peace is a wonderful thing. And, and the more joy we have and the more we can demonstrate uh, the good things in our life, the more we can inspire others. And that's my goal. That's just, just to be a little light. Yeah. Yep, and you definitely are. And I also wanted to tell people that they can get more of you by, well, they can watch past broadcasts that we've done, but also you can check out Esther on Facebook, Esther's Nutritional Journey. Do you want to talk a little about that? Yeah. My friend Al Schmidt made this sign for me. Uh, <laughs> He's a good friend. He is a good friend. His website is uh, staying alive. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And he's, uh, maybe you'll have him on your show. But yeah, Esther's Nutritional Journey. And save me a little extra time uh, by recognizing that if you want to join, if you haven't already, that there are two questions that I ask. You know, I want you to identify your goals because if you don't know what you want, how can I help you? And the second question I ask is, um, if you've watched some of the documentaries, just so I know how far into the journey you are. And if you haven't watched any, that's fine. No is an answer. No and, is an answer. Uh, yeah, no is an answer. So if you answer those questions, then I can approve you. And I won't have to write back to you and say, well, what are your goals? You know, yeah. so that would be helpful. That's really wonderful. And it's a wonderful group. And I wanted to let everybody know about that. And so I wanted to thank you, Esther, so much. You're just a joy to have on. And I, I want to keep thinking of reasons to have you back <laughs> and other things that we could maybe talk about because you give everybody a sense of calm and, and you give the inspiration. It's really never too late. People say to no. themselves, I'm a food addict. I, it's not, I can't get all, it's just, just too late. I may as well just give into it, but it isn't too late. It's never too late, is no. it, Esther? No, it's not. And if you want, we could come back. I mean, I could come back with my friend Al Schmidt 
Oh, he yeah. turned his life around when he was 80 years old. Uh, he was a cardiac patient and had had many stents and many, many problems. And he's my friend now, and I see him every Wednesday at lunch when we meet together. We, and today's word was gather. In fact, I'm missing that lunch today for the first time oh. because oh. I wanted to um, honor your time frame. Well, thank uh, you. But anyway, maybe Al and I could come yeah. together. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and share our stories as uh, diamonds in the rough who at the age of 72 and 80 turned our lives around. Wow. So, so it's never too late. Right? Never too late. As long as you're breathing. Like I say, my friend uh, Jack, he's 90 years old and blind, and he's turning his life around, you know? So my brother will be 89. No, he'll be 90 in um, October, and I'm still waiting for him to turn his life around. <laughs> you have to have a big enough want to pay yes. the price. Absolutely. Well, everybody, if you can type in what you're going to remember from today, what's your takeaway from Esther? Because then people who are looking through the comments can see what they can learn maybe from clicking on this and watching it. And I also wanted to thank you again, Esther, for, for being here. You're always such a joy. I wanted to thank Just Test Voice. She did the countdown and the promo. And Just Test Voice, tell us who's coming up next. Anthony Masiello lost 160 pounds and gained back his life. Learn how. Join us Wednesday, March 16th, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Be Green with Amy Live. Well, again, thank you all for joining us today. I hope that you really enjoyed it. And I hope that Esther will come back and that you guys can join us. And everybody who's watching and listening, if you can do what we're doing with Esther, and that is to t type in my tagline, which is be strong, be well, and be green. Are you ready, Esther? Yes. Okay. Until I see you guys again. Remember, be strong be green. and be well and be green. Bye-bye, <laughs> <laughs> everyone. Now you can listen to Be Green with Amy expert interviews wherever you go. Listen while walking, meal prepping, or traveling. Find Be Green with Amy on Apple, Google, Alexa, Amazon, or virtually anywhere you find podcasts. Be strong, be well, and be green with Be Green with Amy.